Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello friends, Roto World's Josh Norris here with another episode of the most important podcast in the universe, that is the Roto World Football Podcast. Before we get going to Ray Summerlin and the pickups you need to make on your way for wire this week, I need to ask everyone out there to subscribe and also to rate and review. Take 15, 30, 45 seconds. I'm talking to you, David and Dennis and Denise and Dracula and Dario and Draymond. I'm all I'm talking to all of you people. Do what I say, subscribe, and then rate and review. Okay, Raymond Summerlin. I have nothing else to say before I get to our conversation. On Friday's episode, I asked Pat what the most creative way he ever cheated on his foreign language class in high school. I know in a previous life you were a teacher. I don't. I think history or something. Uh, I taught uh, macroeconomics. Thank you very oh, much. Excuse me. So, what was the most creative or worst? I guess is the better way of putting this. Worst way you caught someone cheating. Someone. So you know how the clickable pins you can take them apart, and <laughs> some of them are clear, like the like the Pilot G two O sevens are clear. Uh, the best pin, by the way. They uh, what they did is. They they printed very small print, very small print. That they reduced it a couple times, and then they rolled it up and they put it inside the pen so they could then read it through the pen. That I almost wasn't mad. That is that is just spectacular. Now, did did you catch them because they had like a magnifying glass in their hand and they were just staring at their pen? No, you know these these eighteen year olds. They have you know they have good eyes. They were they, he he was able to just look through it. But yeah, that one. I was impressed by that one. I'm not going to lie. That one was yeah. one that I was I was certainly impressed by. All right. Let's get to possible ways to fix your fantasy team for those of you that went 0-2, 1-1. Ray, we have a little bit of clarity of how some of these running back situations maybe shape up now and moving forward. Let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks and Chris Carson, who leads most likely your waiver-wired piece, which is on rotoworld.com. Yeah, I think we talked about it last week. I wrote last week how I had him third behind Tariq Cohen and Buck Allen, who both, by the way, did good. Buck Allen did great. So it's not like those were bad ads by any stretch of the imagination. But I wrote, and I believe I talked with you, about how I may end up regretting that in a week because it's very possible that he just comes out and is the best running back, even with Thomas Rawls back, 
and takes the lead job. And it looks like that's what he did. Now, Pete Carroll did throw some cold water and say, you know, we, we always plan to limit Rawls. But Chris Carson played 51 snaps to just 16 for Thomas Rawls, despite Rawls starting. He was very clearly the better back. When they needed a clock-killing drive late in the game, he put the team on his back and picked up a couple first downs. I can't see any way that they go back to Rawls as the starter. I'm not saying Rawls is just not going to be involved. But you have to give Carson, from what he's done these first couple weeks, what he did through the preseason, they have to give him the starting job. And if that's the case, I mean, he's going to be he's going to be valuable in all formats. So, yeah, he needs to be owned in all leagues. Still shockingly, you know, we get a second bite at the apple here. Still shockingly only owned in 39 percent of Yahoo leagues, but he certainly needs to be owned in, in all leagues. And they love him. I think we talked about it last week that the conversation and narrative between how Pete Carroll discusses Chris Carson versus how he discussed Christine Michael is drastic. I mean, he talked about Michael not being able to finish on runs, and that's like all Chris Carson does. To that point, I, I just make a point here that there was this really, there's this great run which Carson, a, a rookie, was you know, in that clock killing drive, running to the sideline and slid down in bounds. That's that's the kind of stuff coaches staff. It's a coach's wet dream. It truly is. They love <laughs> when that happens. So yeah, I think that there I think there's something here for sure. All right. Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles is someone who I still could see leading the Eagles backfield in touches. At least we know with the Garrett Blunt playing what, like nine snaps. But does that give us I mean, obviously he has an opportunity, but does that give us enough hype and optimism and motivation to add him to his rosters, even though Ray, uh, I guess I should admit that he's probably on what 75% of my rosters heading into this season. Well, yeah, I mean, if you play in PPR leagues, he should have already been known. So the question is, is he going to have flex value in standard leagues? And I guess that depends on if what the Eagles did last week or on Sunday was indicative of what they plan to do moving forward. You know, with that traditional running game helmed by LeGarrette Blunt, or previously, Wendell Smallwood got the start and played, I guess, eight more snaps doing math off the top of my head than LeGarrette Blunt. So previously, Blunt, we'll see what happens there. Then, you know, but Darren Sproles came in, had 50 snaps. He led the team in carries with 10, had 12 touches. If he's going to come in and be that guy, be their clear lead back and get 12 to 15 touches, I do think that there's going to be flex value there for him, especially since, you know, we know he can help out on kick and punt returns. If you can count those touchdowns, yeah. we know that he can, you know, we know that he can score from a long way out. We've seen him score a lot of touchdowns before in his career. So I do think that there might be some flex value there, but I am, I am really kind of like, how, how highly do you rank this guy? Luckily there aren't many running backs out there, but so I'll, I'll maybe even ask you, cause I, I'm really struggling with this. Would you rather pick up Darren Sproles and get those guaranteed touches? Mm-hmm. Probably probably eight to 10, but maybe more than that. Now we're looking at, or would you rather pick up someone like Chris Johnson in the hopes that Ooh. he really does run away with this number one job? Yeah. I mean, I want nothing to do with that backfield, uh, in with the Arizona Cardinals. I, to me, I guess I would pose it as, do I want Darren Sproles or do I want someone that's like already a handcuff out there for another big time running back? And I, I mean, I will always side with Darren Sproles and that might just be my bias because I'm a big fan of Sproles. Uh, but how I'm kind of structuring my teams at this point is I, I feel like I have a ceiling and floor with a lot of them. And so at the waiver wire, unless there is someone emerging into a position, then I kind of want constant points, especially at that running back spot. And to me, that would be Darren's pros, if that's the answer. Let me ask you this. I'm going to turn this around on you, Ray. 
Uh, we just discussed Darren Sproles. I'm guessing it's fine to cut LeGarrette Blunt by now. Yeah, I think I have him as one of the you know cuts. And, and I have a section in the column every week called the drop list, and I try to make it very clear. These are not players that you absolutely have to cut right now. Right, but, but if, if you, you want to make room spot, for someone higher up on your list. Yeah, absolutely. If you need a roster spot to pick someone up, I don't think that dropping them is a problem. And Blunt is certainly on that list. Like I said, Wendell Smallwood started, saw more snaps than LeGarrette Blunt, had more touches than LeGarrette Blunt. I, I think this whole LeGarrette Blunt thing in Philadelphia has has run its course. So I, I certainly think he is a droppable guy, even in you know even in the shallow, even well, especially in the shallow leagues, but even in deeper leagues. Let's see how far we can get down on that drop list. And so let let me see which one of these names if you would keep them or if you would drop them, okay? Uh, Mike Wallace. Yeah, cut him loose. Kenny Brett. He would have been, if not for the Corey Coleman injury. And I'm not, I'm not expecting It kind of stinks, him. doesn't it? Like, Yeah, exactly. It's terrible. <laughs> it's absolutely terrible. Because we're going to have to like at least pretend like he cares for another week. I because know. he very clearly doesn't. He's very clearly, I forget who wrote it in the blurb. I think it was Evan. He is Dwayne Boeing out there on the oh. field. He just doesn't care at all. So he certainly would have been, if not for the Corey Coleman injury. But as it stands... I think we need to see how that shakes out. And this one is a surprising name, but I've been asked this in the NBC Sports newsroom. Adrian Peterson. I don't. I didn't put him in there I, because, I mean, we have better options. LeGarrette Blunt and Bilal Powell are better options for drops. But I could certainly see why you would drop Adrian Peterson. He's on a team with a terrible defense, which projects to be in bad game scripts all year long. And he has, despite what they said all preseason, laughably said all preseason— he has no involvement in the passing game, right. and it looks like he's going to play fewer snaps than Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara every single week. So I'm not rushing out to cut him, but if it was between Chris Carson or Adrian Peterson, I would rather have Chris Carson. Yeah, I mean, Buck Allen, obviously, you would as well. Um, yeah. All right, Ray, before we get to the wide receivers, maybe a Corey Coleman replacement, we need to talk about Blue Apron. Ray, I know you are a big proponent of of Blue Apron. It's, Love Blue Apron. Yeah. It's you it. and your significant others private time making Blue Apron, is it not? That sounded awkward, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we we both love it. Um, we we love you know cooking. I love cooking. Uh, my wife does not love cooking as much, but she does really enjoy she does really enjoy Blue Apron. And it's it is nice to get in there. You know, after a long day, put the meals together together, talk about it. We enjoy that. And what's great about Blue Apron is they send you the recipe. So it, mm -hmm. it's they really don't repeat recipes. So it's not like you're going to get the same thing again. But if it's a recipe you really like, like, for instance, there was a sweet potato quesadillo uh, that I really enjoyed. But that's now a recipe that is part of my rotation and something I can oh, make on my own. that's hashtag smart. And it's, it's great. And it's great. And they, you know, all of the every meal we've had so far has been good. And I, you know, this isn't just, this isn't an ad read. I truly do love Blue Apron. And let me throw in a few recipes that are upcoming meals. Skillet vegetable chili with cornmeal and cheddar drop biscuits for you cold weather people out there. Garlic butter shrimp and corn Ooh. with green bean salad and roasted Ooh. purple tomatoes. I believe they mean purple potatoes. Because yeah, I don't think I've too. ever seen a purple tomato. But if it is a purple tomato, that's just one more reason to go out and get Blue Apron. It is affordable, less than $10 per person per meal. It delivers seasonal recipes. As you know, there's variety. They're very flexible. It's easy. 
and obviously they guarantee that every single ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping. That's a lot of free by going to blueapron.com slash rotofb. That's blueapron.com slash rotofb. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals like Ray and his significant other with Blue Apron. So don't wait. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Ray, let's get going by cooking with some of these wide receivers. J.J. Nelson had the only day for the Arizona Cardinals in that offense. Yeah, and I mean, there was some, once we learned that John Brown was out and it looks like he's going to miss this week three as well, and probably it seems like he's going to continue missing time, which is just sad because you know he's a real talent and this it seems to be derailing his career. But as soon as we found out he was out, J.J. Nelson was the guy that I targeted, targeted the DFS. It worked out perfectly. And that seemed odd to a few people because he only played 30 snaps in week one. He played behind Jaron Brown for sure. But when you look at those two guys in this offense, you are you were certainly you would certainly think that J.J. Nelson is a better fit to to replace what John Brown does. And that's mm-hmm. what he came in and did. You know, but you look at Jaron Brown, still got 11 targets, still played 50 snaps. We'll see what happens. But looking at this situation with John Brown out, I think that I think that J.J. Nelson is going to be the guy to own moving forward. And if you look at this matchup they have this week against the Cowboys, who were just roasted by Emmanuel Sanders, repeatedly have real problems in the secondary. I mean, you could you could argue that J.J. Nelson's a top 30 receiver. Maybe he definitely is a top 30. Maybe you can argue he's a top 24 receiver this week. Uh, we talked about hyping up uh, Darren Sproles in the offseason, a few other names in the offseason. Uh, maybe my Ted Ginn love should have gone to J.J. Nelson. <laughs> uh, how about Rashard Higgins? Uh, hyped up uh, Kenny Brett, who we just discussed a moment ago. Uh, Rashard Higgins seems to be the one who cares in that receiver group and seems to be the one who sees the most uh, targets as we head into week three. Against a prime matchup against the Colts, I might add. Yeah, and it's crazy because he was just promoted off the practice squad on Saturday. So he he wasn't even involved at all. Promoted off the practice squad, active ahead of Cason Williams, which I think people were a little surprised about that, and then goes out and gets 11 targets, catches seven of them for 95 yards against the Ravens, by the way. No slouch of a defense. Mm-hmm. And I think that normally we could dismiss this as something of a, a you know a fluke, but the fact that Corey Coleman left this game, the fact that we've talked about you know what Kenny Britt is doing right now, the fact that he played more snaps than Kitty Britt in this game, I think you're looking at a situation where he might just be the number one receiver with Corey Coleman out, which obviously means he needs to be add, added, as you said, in a good matchup. But I will say that this is a risky, you know, this is a risky add. It may be that he's a drop this time next week. We'll see right. what happens. They do have other options. You know, they have Ricardo Lewis, they have Kaysen Williams, they have, you know, Sammy Coates, everybody laughed. So it's, it's, you know, there are options out there. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think if you're if you're picking someone to step up with Corey Coleman out. And everyone in football Twitter certainly knows of Richard Higgins. Hollywood. Hollywood Higgins. Uh, since, I mean, set so many records at Colorado State with Jim McElwain at the helm. Anyways, uh, any tight ends out Pretty there cool. that people... Pretty cool, Josh. Yep. Anyone out there that at tight ends that people should keep an eye on? Yeah, you know, it's a tough week for tight ends. There's so many injured. Luckily, it looks like most of them are going to play. Jordan Reed looks like he's going to play. Rob Gronkowski looks like he's going to play. We'll see about Tyler Eifert and Jimmy Graham. Greg Olson's obviously out for a while. So there, it's going to be tough out there with tight ends. There are a few options. 
I am stepping back on the Cameron Brait bandwagon. You know, the Bucks were almost able to treat that as a preseason game in the second half, and I think that's why O.J. Howard outsnapped Cameron Brait. But, you know, maybe not. We'll have to see how that plays out. Certainly if O.J. Howard outsnaps him again this week and sees as many targets, then it'd be time to cut bait. But I'm going to go back to the well one more time with him. Ben Watson, a guy who I have on a lot of best ball teams. I was targeting him late. I thought people were overlooking what he could do You know, after what Dennis Pitta, how many targets Dennis Pitta saw last year. And after week one, I wasn't feeling great about it. Now after week two, gets eight targets, catches all eight of them. It looks like he is going to fill that role. He is more explosive down the field than Dennis Pitta. He's more likely to score a touchdown. So he could be you know, Dennis Pitta plus, and that's certainly something you're looking for. And then I guess you have to talk about Ed Dixon. You know, hands of stone Ed Dixon, I guess would be the way to describe him. But they need they need playmakers in that offense. He was wide open for a touchdown in week one. Cam Newton missed him. He got open again in this week's game. Cam Newton missed him. If he makes those catches, maybe people feel a little bit differently about him. He did have some fantasy value at one point in time in the very the very not recent future, which makes me feel sad. Uh, I thought that 2011 was like last year. What is it now? Six years ago. It's a while but ago. Yeah, I know. 2011, he got 54 passes for 528 yards and five touchdowns with the Ravens. So there's something there. So against the Saints this week, I think that, you know, you might take a look at him in deeper leagues. I graduated college in 2011. Uh, Ray. You graduated 2000. You're a young fella. I'm, I'm kind of young. Still sub 30 for another, another 365 days, something like that. Uh, wow. Ray, in your waiver wire piece. You have deep cuts. Let's get into them. Throw some names that will be relevant or irrelevant still in a few weeks. Well, I think the first name is Philip Dorsett, who is not <laughs> – I know. It's not a must-add for me because he hurt his knee. But he caught three passes for 68 yards, set up a set up a score with a long catch on the play that he injured himself. They don't have healthy receivers. They just – Chris Hogan, Brandon Cooks – and Chris Hogan's got a problem, a knee problem. Brandon Cooks – Running around out there, Rob Gorkowski's hurt. He's a Philip Dorsett. You got to keep an eye on him. A uh, Geronimo Allison. It looks like Randall Cobb will play this week. We don't know about Jordy Nelson when we're recording this on Monday, but it seems like his injury is minor as well. But in case that's not true, keep an eye on Geronimo Allison. A uh, Tanner Gentry. The Bears have to throw to somebody. Oh man, I'm t- I, they, it's called deep cuts for a it reason. It is. It is. And one day, one day, Curtis Samuel needs to be on this list. Because I, Curtis Samuel, I did write him up the first week, but it's it's sad the, the number of snaps he's playing. I know, it's, I know, and and, and the sad. offense really won't, the Panthers' offense really won't be whole or complete unless they have someone like Curtis Samuel's skill set uh, on the field. All right, Ray, how, how about hold on, I got to get one more in there because we record okay. this before Monday Night Football, so I want to sound like Nostradamus if this pans out. I think that there's a chance that Orleans Darkwa starts to take hmm. the number one job away from Charles Perkins, and he's not owned. I believe in any Yahoo leagues. You, so Orleans Darkwa, keep keep an eye on. You mean de facto Devontae Freeman and Paul Perkins? <laughs> de facto. I still no, I still like Paul. It's not really I don't know how you could put what's going on in New York on on Paul Perkins at this point. Hey, if if Ray was a GM, we know that he would trade a first round pick for Doug Martin, uh, sign Devontae Booker. Absolutely. And also deal like a second round pick for Paul Perkins. Done, That's not done, true. done. 
There no, that's not true. The first two, <laughs> the first two are definitely true. Hey, Zach Dysert would be my starting quarterback. So there we go. All right. I again, have, I'd be on the Mettenberger train, my friend. <laughs> again, him and uh, uh, Matt McGlynn. No, what's his Matt, Matt McGloin. McGloin. Hey, that's just Penn State. I can't get blamed for Penn State stuff. Come on now. Anyways, Ray's waiver wire column is over at RotoWorld.com. You can check that out. Ray also hosts a podcast, which comes out on Thursday on this very channel. So subscribe. Uh, that one is with Rich Rebar if he recovers from playing Rob Kelly and Carson Palmer once again and Nick Minzio. And my episode with Evan Silva and Roto Pat is out on Friday. And by the way, Roto World Live every Sunday. Check it out. Noon Eastern. We're here to help you set your optimal lineup. So until next time, we'll talk to you soon. See ya. peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing Uh, (laughs) that's definitely not a problem Uh, Reese's you did it you stumped this charming devil the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.